Uh, ladies and gentlemen, before we get into basketball, we talk a little Game of Thrones in here because that's what we like to do. Uh, so if you have not seen the latest episode, season eight, episode three, uh, I'm going to ask you to skip forward to the two minute and 35 second mark. All right, let's go. Yo, Jordan, you tell me you saw that episode last night. Yo, tell me, tell me about it, man. What do you think? Arya got the job done. She took that knife and put it straight in that night king. And he's like, yo, bro, I'm dead. I can't, I can't. No, man. Why is her vert like she's jumping up and like like up and out like she like long jumped? She somehow like long jumped from the ground past all those other motherfucking the white walkers and, and got and got him in the fucking yeah man because she's the sneaky one like she's the one the the girl with no face is that what she used to be called you know she was sneaking around and like you know first of all the Greyjoy, like he went and sacrificed his life noble super noble you know he just wanted that gratification brand's like yo you did good you did a good job bro and uh and then he went and died and then bran just like cool as a cucumber just chilling and just like stares the night king in the face perfect distraction and there she is aria like i think she redeemed herself from that like weird lame ass like sex scene that she had i, I think this is a redemption and there she dropped it she had the knife and then she like switches hands like you know like jordan jordan going through the air oh, up with I the left want to hear someone compare her to michael jordan oh yeah oh yeah time. she I was like Bro, she was like Jordan, up with the left hand, drops it down to the right, and then boom, game winner right there. She t she took out the Night King in, in like game seven, NBA finals, or Game of Thrones finals. Stop. Bro, that's what it was. It's such trash. It's such trash. It's such poor writing. It's just like, it's just, it feels like I'm on a, like a literal like cop out circle jerk for this Bro, I was literally recording this entire segment so far, so hopefully your sound came alright. So Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to a very special round two of the NBA playoffs special of the Give and Go podcast. This is one half of your dream team, Raj Sharma, and I'm with my boy, Jordan Taylor. Hey, yo, Raj, how you doing? Hey, man, I'm doing great. Uh, had a wonderful weekend out in Edmonton, Alberta. I avoided all those... Uh, what snowmageddon in in calgary it just missed us there in edmonton that was wild are you married yet no nah, i'm single well why are you always going these ways come back to me when you're married <laughs> yo in, in due time my friend in due time uh but for now man I, i'm way too busy I, i'm trying to focus on the nba playoffs bro hey and what a time it is Today on the Give and Go podcast, we've got the second round previews, plus our initial reactions to the first couple of games in what is going to be probably one of the better second rounds of this decade. Raj, what's your thing? 
Yes, sir. Uh, you know, it was a crazy first round of the playoffs where, you know, everything, I felt like it was just kind of like a warm up, you know, that was like the, the foreplay and now it's time to get into the real action here. And, uh, and, and it was, it was the higher seed winning every single matchup in that first round, Jordan. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And, you know, unlike the hockey playoffs, which I had a completely bracket, bra- busted bracket, yep. proud to say, did not select a single NHL playoff hockey matchup correctly this year, which I'm really proud about because that's also just as hard as picking everyone right. It's the same odds, you know what I mean? So I'm pretty good at sports. <laughs> <laughs> so. Totally. My, my hockey bracket's busted too. But, Jordan, uh... Forget about all those guys, man. We got some ball to talk. And the first series, I want to talk to you about a game. Uh, the game two has just happened today. And the Philadelphia 76ers versus Toronto Raptors series is heating up. Um, Toronto Raptors won the first game pretty handily. They dominated all throughout the entire course of the game. And then game two... Uh, Jordan, you want to you want to break down game two for me? So, I didn't get to watch this one. Unfortunately, I was still at work. What I can say, looking at the ticker and looking at the highlights of it when I got back, is when you are a team that lives and dies by the three pointer, mm-hmm. prepare to live and die by the three pointer. And tonight, the Toronto Raptors died terrible, terrible deaths. I mean. What, what I think we really need to look at right now is in game one of this series, the Toronto Raptors showed why they are one of the best, the best defensive teams left in the playoffs. Now, fast forward to game two, and we've got guys like Greg Monroe, James Ennis III, guys coming off the bench for Philadelphia who have no business to be in a playoff game based on their regular season performances, and dominating the Raptors in what our classic segment of the random raptor random raptor killer scrubs random scrub raptor killers yeah yeah that's the one random scrub raptor killers uh so i I think philadelphia was able to uh put it together uh jimmy butler looked a lot better in those game two highlights compared to game one um it's you know what it's it's a tale of the tape philadelphia isn't deep but has a lot of quality starting players. Raj, what you think? Yeah, I, I watched this game. Um, it was, you know, it was a very uncharacteristic game by a lot of Raptors. Pascal Siakam missed a lot of little floaters in the lane. Um, a lot. A lot, a lot, a lot. And, uh, you know, it was, uh, again, the Raptors got zero production from their bench. Um, defensively, they were still fine. They were fine defensively. Defensively is kind of where they actually kind of kept this game close is because of the the tough defense they're playing uh but nobody outside of Kawhi Leonard could really get anything going uh Kyle Lowry kind of pitched in in the fourth quarter but you know you can't win with just those two guys when Philly's got an onslaught of talent that can uh, that can make shots particularly Danny Green uh who I love your pod but come on man he missed multiple multiple wide open three point shots including two including two in the final minute and uh and it it just that's just not going to get it done in the playoffs especially against this tough philly team uh before this series started i picked raptors in five and uh you know what i'm gonna stick to it i think the raptors 
They've now seen the adjustments that Philly has made after the Raptors thoroughly dominated the first game in which Pascal Siakam and Kawhi Leonard, they actually outscored the entire Philly starting five on their own. Just those two guys. And that was playing single coverage. Philly's now throwing double teams at both those guys. That's the adjustment they've made. And they're trying to force other guys to make plays and then to beat Philly. And uh, Raptors have to be ready for that next game. You know what? That's a great. That's a great comment. You know, in order for them to win, they'll need their their team to step up. And you're right. Danny Green missing seven shots, and from what it looks like, were fairly open looks. That's not going to get it done. Kyle Lowry he had 14 points. The benches for both team, well, benches this for uh, for Billy outscored the uh, Toronto bench quite considerably. Raj, one stat you brought up before the pod: we got out rebounded bad real bad and the bench for them was a lot better is this going to be a turning point as far as what's the tail of the tape and the key for the Raptors to try and get a game three to kind of get back that home home court advantage yeah they gotta they gotta bring their big boy shoes it can't just be a finesse team anymore this has got to be a, a grinded out tough game uh they need everybody to step in for those rebounds uh and I, I think I think they got out rebounded by like 20 tonight so, 20. yeah, near 20, about 17 to be exact. So it's uh, it's going to be tough, but they need everybody to step up. Marcus Gasol can't have five points in the game, and, and Danny Green, three. Like, there's just no production uh, from their secondary guys, and this is exactly what Philly wanted to test. They wanted to see if the other guys could beat them, and clearly they cannot. So, um, you know, I think Raptors will, will come back and uh, they've been great. Nick Nurse makes uh, great adjustments in, in series, as you saw after game one in Orlando. And uh, I think they'll come back strong. But I, I think Nick Nurse is relying too much on his two star players. I know it's the playoffs, but uh, that that's not going to get the job done. Yeah. Um, uh, I'm going to say this goes the distance. Um, I originally thought with Philly limping in, Joel Embiid knee problems. Then all of a sudden he had the shits, some sort of gastroenteritis from eating Toronto street food. I mean, I've definitely also had that experience. So, Joel, I feel for you, buddy. But uh, is Joel's healthier still, even now that he's, you know, played sick and they won? Is this not as big of a question mark as we had going into the series? Well, I think it still is. I mean, he struggled tonight. He was what, like two for eight or two for nine from the field like he couldn't get anything done on Marc Gasol it was uh when the other guys got switched on to him that he did his damage when uh, when Serge Ibaka's guarding him um so I, I think the Raptors need to just have Gasol shadow Embiid anytime Embiid's on the floor Gasol's got to be there because Gasol's been shutting him down so we'll, we'll see what happens in game three that's Thursday night uh, but Jordan, let's talk about the other series out east. Uh, game one, the Milwaukee Bucks, who had the best record in the NBA, were taken down by the Boston Celtics pretty handily. You know, the the Celtics they bullied the Bucks. Jordan, what what do you think of that game? I think that Al Horford is collecting them checks, and that paid Al Horford for a reason. And this is that exact reason. The mobile big man who might be probably one of the only guys if Giannis steps in the paint without a full head of steam on him might be able to put up a fight with his foot speed. 
obviously an older guy, um, but we saw it in that game. Uh, Al Horford had two blocks on Giannis, back to back. Oh yeah. You know, Kyrie Irving with another double double. Jalen Brown, Jalen Brown absolutely murdered the Bucks with that dunk. That was huge. And I think the biggest thing to note here is a lot of the Bucks players who've been playing so well in the regular season, they kind of shied away in this second round. Guys, I'm talking about like Eric Bledsoe. You know, uh, Sterling Brown, who has an obviously spectacular for them. George Hill. Well, their guards did not show up, but it's showing how much they miss Malcolm Brogdon in the start of the second. Raj, any other comments for me, my man? Yeah, you know, when you can shut down Giannis in the paint, you're going to have a good time. Uh, and, <laughs> <laughs> and that's, that's basically what uh, Al Horford's been able to do. He remains one of the most underrated players in the entire league. And, uh, you know, his stats might not jump out at you uh, in the regular season, especially. But this is where he earns those checks, like you said. Uh, he plays amazing team defense. And, uh, and it, like I said, he's bullied. He's bullied Giannis in the paint. You know, this this guy that seemed virtually unstoppable in the regular season. MVP candidate. And, uh, and, and he was just shut down by Al Horford. I think this game two will be uh, a very pivotal game for the Bucks because they've already lost one game at home. They need to prove if they are that championship contender that they claim to be. They need to prove that they can they can beat this uh, Boston Celtics team who looks to be finally hitting their stride right at the uh, the appropriate time. You know, Gordon Hayward starting to look like himself again. Uh, Kyrie doing Kyrie things. Where he just goes out and gets buckets. And, uh, you know, he remains one of the most prolific one-on-one scorers and fourth-quarter clutch players that we have in our game. So he's, he's showing why he deserves to be there. I mean, it's it's the it's the Kyrie show. So do you think that the Bucks are going to have a hard time beating the Celtics after watching that game one beat down? Yeah, you know, I hate to overreact to one game. But uh, I think that's kind of our job here. So, yeah, man, I'm worried for the Bucks. I'm absolutely worried. Um, this Celtics team is playoff tested. And the Bucks, you know, their last playoff series win against... Uh, uh, in, who did they play in the first round? The Pistons? <laughs> the the, the depleted Pistons. That was like their first playoff series win in like 10 years. So, Since Ray Allen and Sam Cassell were the backcourt for the Bucks, fear the deer. Give me that throwback jersey. Oh, uh, yeah, that jersey was fire, but the record has not been. So let's see what they can do. This is the real test coming up here, man. If Giannis is the MVP he claims to be, he needs to get this W. I mean, I, I think it's really going to come down to these guys who have not been in this situation before. The Bledsoe's. The Lopez, you know, the the George Hill, obviously George Hill being to the finals with LeBron, you know, Lopez getting to the second round a couple times. Bledsoe, this is this is Bledsoe's, this is this is now or never for Bledsoe, man. This is his time to say, yeah, I got traded here. This is a playoff series. I don't go into a lot of playoff series. I deserve to be here. I deserve to be playing as a elite basketball point guard. Yeah, time to time to step up, and the Celtics have had his number for quite some time, so. Uh, let, let's see what they do in uh, game two, which comes on uh, Tuesday night, I believe it is. Uh, I'm yeah. not worried for the Bucks. I will tell you this, Raj. I'm, I'm really not because they've got one of the best head coaches in the league. This is the guy that took that Atlanta team 
to the conference finals against LeBron. I think one adjustment here, and they will have this ship righted. Uh, also, I'm going to say this series goes the distance like it did last year. You know, that it was an iconic series last year, the Bucs and the Celtics, and that went to seven games. And I, I feel like this could also have that much hype and excitement to it just based off that game one. Even it being a blowout, there's just a lot of stuff going on in, you know, on the NBA basketball court offensively that is exciting to watch. Definitely, man. Um, all right, let's let's move out west here. Uh, let's talk about this game's actually in progress right now. Game one of the Portland Trailblazers versus Denver Nuggets. Uh, the Nuggets barely escaped that game seven versus San Antonio Spurs. Jordan, uh, very controversial ending there. I, I know you had some uh, some thoughts on that one. Well, you know me. I love Greg Popovich and I love my boy Double D, but. This game had two major things happen for me when I was watching this. Number one, DeMar DeFrozen returns. And throws up brick after brick in that game seven. Shoots below 40%. I think it was even below 35% from the field. And stuck it up big time. Now, the other important thing that we saw from this was they climbed back. They really did. They got back into this. They were one possession away with the clock winding down. And Popovich is on the sideline screaming, screaming for somebody to foul. And LaMarcus Aldridge being the closest guy on the ball for Jokic, didn't foul. Clock ran out, game over, ball game. LaMarcus Aldridge sitting there going, yeah, I, uh, I, didn't, see, uh, I didn't see him. I didn't, uh, didn't know uh, we were supposed to foul. And I, I'm just kind of sitting there like, how can you be so out of the game? Especially, that's very, uh, very... Unspurs-like. Raj, what you think? Uh, yeah, yeah. I think that was pretty, like, that's very uncharacteristic of a, of a Popovich team to have a, an epic right? collapse like this. I, I've never, like, which Pop like, they're begging these guys to go commit the foul, and LaMarcus Aldridge is just standing there watching as the clock just ticks down, and, like, somebody must, like, realize what's going on. Like, it... You know, did nobody on the floor realize what was happening? Like, I would have, if I was literally under the basket, I would have ran out to, like, tell my teammate to foul because that's ridiculous. That You can't lose a series that way, especially a Game 7. And uh, DeRozan up to his own old antics, you know. that's. I thought he was finally over that uh, the playoff demon, but uh, doesn't look like it. Um, so going forward, you know, we've got the Nuggets playing against Dalla Dame, who ended the OKC Thunder's postseason chances with a 37-foot step-back jump Ooh. shot over uh, over Paul George. Uh, very controversial point, uh, point on that uh, game winner as well, where Paul George actually said, uh, yo, I don't care what anybody says, that's a bad shot. Jordan, I would agree with Paul George that it's a bad shot. For about 97, 98% of the league. But if your name is Steph Curry or Damian Lillard, that's not a bad shot. What do you think, Jordan? What do you think about that controversial ending of that game, too? I don't think that's controversial. I think that's basketball. Oh, yeah. I think that Damian Lillard is a very hard worker and deserves way more praise than what he gets in today's NBA. You know, getting snubbed from all-star games, you know, not making first NBA, 
teams. This guy's legit, and he just proved it. He just beat a team that everyone was like, yeah, this is an OKC team. They might they might go the distance. They might be facing Houston or Golden State in that, in that Western Conference Finals. And, and he just went, nope, no, no, they're not. And uh, one of the good quotes from his post-game interview was someone did ask him what was going through his head when he took that shot. And he said, well, and this is a paraphrase, he said, I could have gone to the lane and I could have absorbed contact and I would have had to have relied on the ref to bail me out if I got hit hard enough where I missed the shot. And I knew that if I could take that shot right there, that that was going to be a clean look for me. And it was, and it felt good, and it went in. Like the confidence, the confidence dripping from this guy. Oh yeah, I love unbelievable. it. Unbelievable. Yeah, the the cold hearted stare down and then the wave goodbye. My goodness, like, uh, what what do you what do you think, Jordan? Do you think that the Trailblazers uh, are gonna make the Western Conference Finals this year? Who who you got in this uh, this Trailblazers versus Nuggets series? I mean, we just watched Denver barely escape with their lives uh, against the San Antonio Spurs team that was clearly not the better San Antonio Spurs playoff teams of Greg Popovich's illustrious 19-year career. However, that's still a pretty good team. They're second in the West for a reason, but I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm still I'm going to have to give it to Portland, but it really depends on Portland's health. As you do know, Enes Cantor's playing with one arm, and Joseph Nurchic could come back and play with one leg if he really wanted to. They're starting to get really depleted in that front court against guys like Paul Millsap and Nikola Jokic. That's going to hurt, and that may be the difference in this series. Yeah, totally. I uh, I think the way Dalla Dame has been playing, I think that he is going to carry this Blazers team regardless of what happens. Uh, the Nuggets have been pretty inconsistent. You know, if Jamal Murray can put together a series where, you know, like a career-defining series here, I mean, I know it's early in his career, but he's got to be consistent for this Nuggets team to advance because we know Dame and CJ are going to bring it every night. So uh, I think Murray will be the X factor here. And uh, I think this series will go to the Portland Trailblazers. I think they'll take it in six games. I don't think it'll go all the way to the distance, but uh, I think they'll take it in six. Portland's gonna take it in six, huh? I think so. I mean, that's kind of what I was feeling like, and then I saw Enes Cantor with his, you know, giant iceberg wrapped around his shoulder after the end of Game Five, and I went, "Oh, that's that's not a good look. That's not a good look for Portland." Um, I'm, I'm gonna get controversial here, and I'm, I'm gonna say it's gonna be uh, Den- Denver in six. Denver really, in it's six. just based off pure health of the Portland Portland Trail Racers front court. Interesting. Yeah, they've they've had some bad luck with Portland Trailblazers big men in the past. Shout out. That's right. Shout out Greg Oden. <laughs> shout out uh, Michael Olokawandi. What? <laughs> I'm sorry. Can you say that name again? Uh, Michael Olokawandi. Oh, I, I think he played with the Clippers, but then he came over yeah, to Portland. I can't yeah. remember. Michael Olokawandi. Uh, Wakanda. Olokawandi. Yeah, I'm I'm seeing Avengers tomorrow night. Don't don't say shit. <laughs> Uh, now, before we move on to the last matchup, one of the most prestigious matchups of the second round, I want to call you out, Raj. All right. And I want to call you out about the so-called coming-of-age party for Derek White of the San Antonio Spurs. Uh-huh. 
What he he faded he faded a block. <laughs> that was one good game, and we all jumped on the bandwagon. After that game, he averaged less than ten points for the entire series. If you don't include his one outburst, yeah. Is is this is this you know Derek White as we see him now, or do do you expect Derek White to ever get to that level consistently where he was doing what he did against Denver in the early stages of the first round? Uh, well, you know, it's, it's tough because you never know what these Popovich players, you never know what they're these system players that you have here. Um, he didn't really get very many shots in the other games, you know, like he shot four out of seven in, uh, in the game six, uh, in the game seven, like he barely played, like he, he only played 21 minutes in that game and went oh for seven. Um, so, you're going over seven in a playoff game. Don't you think your minutes are going to go down? Ask Kyle Lowry. Ah. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's a little bit different. But yeah, I see what you're saying. Yeah, but that was that was in game seven. Like that was the last game. The game five, he shot five of eleven. You know, he shot five of seven in game six. So he had decent games. He just wasn't given the same opportunity, probably because you know there's more veteran players in the pecking order. So. I think he's still got a shot to be a decent player. Um, we'll never know if he's really a true star or if he's a system player because that's just how Pop raises him. Hey, shout out to all of the Pop system players over the years. Corey Joseph, Dewan Blair, Tiago Splitter. What's that guy? James Neal. Like uh, uh, Jonathan, Jonathan Simmons. There, the list goes on and on. Totally, man. All right, man. So let's get into the main event here. The the matchup that everybody had been waiting for. We had game one of the Golden State Warriors versus Houston Rockets in Golden State. And the Warriors barely escaped with that victory. It was, it was everything we could have asked for. Um, but... Again, controversy, Jordan. Controversy with refing and officiating of these two teams, as has been the story all season long. Uh, what do you see in this game, Jordan? Uh, first thing I saw was first one to 120 points wins. Hey, yeah. you know, everything else is gravy. I mean, they were neck and neck all the way up to those last two possessions in which Steph Curry sealed it away. Uh, I think the biggest thing that we have to talk about here is Houston coming out and explicitly stating to the media that they have proven evidence, data-driven, in fact, that it is statistically going to be proven to the NBA that the Golden State Warriors are getting more calls than the Houston Rockets. Statistically proven. Yeah, you know how Daryl Morey operates. He's got stats on stats to back up everything. Uh, does this does this classify to you as like a referee, like uh, bashing the referees? Uh, should the Houston Rockets organization get fined for a comment like that? No, 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 absolutely not. They're just presenting data to the NBA, and I absolutely love this because Jordan, as a fan of the NBA. The eye test confirms this information. We all see that the the Golden State Warriors get superstar calls and preferential uh, refereeing, especially in this game. 
Like I saw James Harden on multiple occasions get absolutely hammered shooting threes. And sure, yeah, he's kind of made it a habit of his to fall down on every three-point shot that he takes. Um, and, and maybe the referees were told beforehand to, to watch out for it. So they purposely swallowed their whistles and didn't call fouls even when they should have on, on some of those three-point shots. I saw people running into his legs. I saw people dangerously getting in his airspace where he's supposed to land. And, and that's my issue here, Jordan, is that it becomes a safety issue that we're not protecting our star players because the referees have been told, oh, watch out, James Harden's going to fall down on a three-point shot. So they just don't call anything. Like, there was at least six or seven cases that I thought could have been called three-point shooting fouls on the Golden State Warriors that were not called. And uh, When you have a guy who flops, like you said, every single time he takes a shot or a layup or an attempt at the basket, the refs develop fatigue, whistle fatigue, because you can't call it every time. Regardless of that, I, I know for a fact, I got guys in rec center leagues, I got guys in men's leagues. All they do is they put their head down, and obviously this is rec league, not NBA level talent, uh-huh. and they just throw their arms in the air expecting to get the call. And I'm glad that the refs aren't rewarding that. I agree with you that airspace is something that's really important, and that you cannot be underneath guys, hashtag Zaza Pachulia, when they're taking jump shots. Yep. But I don't feel like a lot of those calls were super justified to go James Harden's way. Yes, I agree. I'm going to give you at least three or four of them when I watch the tape again, but six to seven, that's giving him every advantage. And and there is a little bit of bumping in the NBA. There's guys who are getting absolutely hammered out there who are not the Golden State Warriors and who are not James Harden's. So they're not getting any of those calls. So maybe what I'm trying to say here is that instead of, you know, this biased promotion maybe i want a little bit more unbiased uh but my one quote before i leave you with that thought is that there was one of the sports writers came out and said kevin durant to have a good game just needs to shoot the ball well james harden to have a good game needs the refs to give him a good game raj what you think well it's true it's become such a part of his game to get to the foul line to to be fouled on three-point shots, to manipulate the rules in a way that works to his advantage. I think he's a very highly skilled player. I, I enjoy watching James Harden. He's an absolutely an absolute scoring machine. Um, it's unfortunate it that... It game one. Yeah, see, like, it's, a, it's unfortunate that these... You know, the, the playoffs are, are a more physical game where a lot of times you can't rely on the refs to bail you out. You know, and that's where James Harden runs into trouble because, as we know, the refs, they allow a lot more contact in the NBA playoffs compared to the regular season. So, if this game was refereed like they refereed Houston all year long in the regular season, this might be a blowout win for Houston. They might have a huge advantage here. But, again, it's not. And it's the playoffs. And they're playing the Golden State Warriors. And any person with a brain should know that when you're playing the Golden State Warriors, the refs will not be on your side. They just won't. They just won't. So, it's tough. Uh, I feel like the Warriors stole that game. 
and uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens in game two. Let's, uh, it's I believe tomorrow night, uh, when sorry Tuesday night, um, and uh, let's see if the if the referees change their stance a little bit on this. It'll be interesting to see what they uh, what they went back with. I want to see somebody play defense in this matchup. That's all I want. I just I just really like. I just want to see a little bit more lockdown defense than what, I, what I'm actually seeing right now. Granted, these teams are both uber talented and dripping, dripping from the three-point line. Everyone can shoot, so obviously that makes the defense a little bit tougher to maintain. But, uh, you know, Steph Curry and Clay Thompson were stated coming into this injured, and yet they're still able to pull up the win. I think that just goes to show how talented the Golden State Warriors are and how, you know, Houston being up 3-2 last year might have been little bit of luck more than it was skill uh, I, I don't know it, it, it all it's like even this year seemed like the perfect storm it's similar to last year where you know the Warriors came in injured beaten battered and I just feel like the refs the refs helped him on this one it felt a little eight on five to me um, but yeah do you, what do you think you think the Warriors gonna take this series I do. Uh, as much as I would love to see somebody other than Oakland than the Bay Area in the uh, in the finals, even in the Western Conference finals for that matter, um, I still think that Golden State is the better team, boogieless or not. Um, that's just that's just the talent that they have and the ability that they have to play at that elite level. Uh, I'm going the other way on this one. I think the Houston Rockets will win this series. I think Ooh, it's hot take alert. Hot yeah. take alert. I think it's gonna go to game seven. And I think Houston's gonna go into that game seven. And James Harden's gonna prove to the world why he is this year's MVP. I uh, you can you can take that for some for some uh, hot takes. And uh, Jordan, I'm gonna I'm gonna leave the podcast on that. That's that's my hot take for the day. You wanna close this thing out, man? Hey, why don't you take that for data, Daryl Morey, and show the NBA that data. Take that for data. It's the Give and Go Podcast with your hosts, Raj and Jordan. Don't forget, you can find us at all your favorite social media sites, including Facebook, Twitter. We even got a YouTube and Instagram channel now at Give the Letter N Go Podcast. You can listen to us anywhere where you listen to your favorite podcasts, including SoundCloud, Play Store on apps like Podcast Addict, we even on iTunes and YouTube. Let's go get it. Don't forget, you can find us releasing daily content on our main sponsor website, basketballers.ca, where they give you the information and then we go do something with it. Remember, kids, don't go three for 20 in a game seven playoff game or else Jordan's going to come at you on the pod. That's right. <laughs> this is big. To give and go. And we out. <laughs>